0: Welcome to Zach and Steve Have Have- podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Zach. Good job, buddy. Thanks. I hey, thought, Zachy! I, thought,
1: I Thought there was a thing we were doing. Well,
0: that's for next week. Oh, that's uh, for the anniversary episode, which is June 2nd. I listened to both of our podcasts from the, you know past couple weeks that we because we pre-recorded because yeah. we were go- going our separate ways. That sounds <laughs> like we're having personal issues. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone our separate ways. Zach and I are no longer in the same room. Uh, we're recording separately. In fact, all of our responses will be like normal because I'm just going to say a bunch of stuff, take a pause. Zach will say a bunch of stuff yeah. and take a pause, and we're going to see if it meshes. Yeah. That's, that's our plan. That's Zach and Steve have a podcast in, in a nutshell. That's been the form, form, formula and format for almost one year. This is our penultimate episode of of this season. Of this season, yeah. Yeah. Well, not one more. Not forever. No. We'll
1: see. At least. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if Zach makes it back from his trek to Alaska. Yeah, and you make it back from the Great northern canada i guess they're both great great others.
0: northern canada
1: <laughs> as opposed to the lesser southern Canada. i guess you would be in the lesser you canada. you wanted to say the great white north yes i did but
0: that which refers to like the snowiness of everything correct and polar bears yes there's polar bears everywhere no there's not i think there are i just i don't think we see them <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're because you you've heard you can, they only they're invisible everywhere else except in Canada apparently or or also Alaska sometimes yeah. they're up there. I will I will say this yeah they're 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 everywhere, like
0: polar bears are very good at stealth mode yeah,
1: they're and like, they like Bigfoot.
0: they can also adapt to their surroundings. So uh, a polar bear in eastern <laughs> eastern Ohio and western Pennsylvania is uh, brown and green. Oh. To blend in with the trees. So it's got like that active camouflage. It's got active camouflage. It's like the dinosaur in Jurassic World. Yeah. so so like a camouflage itself.
1: So a polar bear really isn't, has nothing to do with like, being cold and white or anything. No. It's, it has just, to, it's just because when you see them up in Alaska, they have white yeah, because they're Canada. That, that, that's that's what it is. It's, uh, they blend the, in. The,
0: the, it's not polar as in cold. It's polar as in opposite.
1: <laughs> yes. That makes complete sense. <laughs>
0: They're polarizing creatures, Zach. Yeah. You know, that's what they are. They're, anyway, Zach. Yeah, Stevie. I forget what we had going on for the past couple weeks, why we couldn't get together. You had something going on. Uh, did see. you have like a I zoo I to go trip? to the zoo.
1: Did you see a polar bear? <laughs> they did not. I, 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 don't, I didn't see one. See, that's the, the thing. Zoo.
0: That's the thing.
1: That's true. I'm, I'm starting to think about this. Do you this. remember seeing
0: a polar bear? I didn't see Because they one. have one in every exhibit. That's true.
1: It's just hiding in the background. They're always there. Yeah. No, I didn't see it. They camouflage. Yeah. They also camouflage as other animals. So if it like walks in front of the other animal, you don't see the animal for a moment.
0: It's not. No, no. They become other animals.
1: Oh, oh okay.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. So they just like morph. when you see that. Well, yeah, when you see that rabbit gnaw your leg off.
1: That's where. That's it's where an they, actual polar bear. That's where the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers came from. They're a- all polar animorphs. <laughs>
0: animorphs. Do you remember that book series? <laughs> yes, I did. It was really dumb. Yeah, it was, it was a really bad
1: book series. <laughs> This is almost as dumb as this conversation. <laughs> yeah, so we went to the Cleveland Yeah, Zoo. you went to the Cleveland Zoo. It was the first time I had been on a school bus in about 20 years.
0: Yeah. Tell me it about, was a terrible experience. How's that, how's that knee room in the school bus? There, I,
1: there's who, not any. Who designed those things? It's like, let's put three more seats than actually can, should what, be on, yeah. on this bus. What psychopath designed a school bus
0: so that your knees are jutting into the back of somebody in front of you?
1: Yeah, so the so the actual seat material itself has a little bit of give, so your always. knees kind of go in a little. And bit. what is that material? Like Platic. vinyl? Uh, yeah, it's like it's vinyl, rubber, flat vinyl. Yes, I don't know. It's the thing they make the space shuttle. It out of. smells school, and school buses always smell bad. Yes, they. Well, it's the combination of whatever the school bus smell it's is. It's foot plus stink,
0: feet, and oh gosh, and It's seventh Doritos. grade bo. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, they're coming to realize I probably need antiperspirant. yes that's they're coming to the age yes so
1: Zach. so we were on the bus and i i wasn't i didn't plan this out very well yeah so all of the other leaders on the group were all women and then there was me (laughs) well it was supposed to to be laura it was supposed to be laura but something happened she had she had something come up that she couldn't go on the field trip yeah so they needed the extra leader and I have clearances because I did the flying thing with, with the with the uh the the play, remember? The play? Oh, so yeah. I get you all said flying
0: thing and I immediately I'm like, I see you in the air. In an airplane.
1: No, so I had No,
0: to- just in the air flying. <laughs> because <laughs> I see you in the air flying.
1: You're not supposed to tell people I'm a superhero, Steven. That's that's my secret identity that you just let out of the bag. I meant falling with style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I have my clearances because yeah. of that. Yes, of course. And they're like, oh, Laura can't go. Zach can go. I'm of like, course. Yeah, he doesn't work Fridays other than going the podcast and yeah. the church. I think Laura so, just like
0: signing you up for things. She
1: signs me up for everything. So yes, so I, I'm on this trip. So there's all the other women in the front of the bus and then yeah. all the kids are in the back. And there's yep. like a four gap seat between, you know, any kids in the leaders. I'm like, I'm going to go back here because I feel like we need you, some, creeper. Sort, some sort of – yeah, that's that's our job, right? You're supposed to chaperone. So I go back and I happen to get the seat that's got the wheel well, and I forgot that I was even a thing on a bus. You sat on the hump seat? I did. So not only is there no room for my legs to begin with, <laughs> now I'm on the hump seat. How
0: many kids were on this trip? There was the whole fourth grade
1: it, it, at West Middlesex. Yeah, so, so there like was 25 two, kids. There was two. Yeah, it's not a very big school. I, there, I wasn't being mean. I, no, there's, I think there's about. 60 kids in a school. Oh, there's class. okay. There's so that. So, there many. might have been 30 kids on the bus okay. and the adult leaders. So, I was sitting there and we got 15 minutes in the trip, and I thought I was gonna throw up <laughs> from the smell. No and way, the bouncing. Yeah, dude,
0: I hate school buses. It was awful. We used to take school buses up to Cedar Point like early on. We don't do that no more. <laughs> we ride in style. We now. <laughs> go, we dig a coach,
1: <laughs> yeah, coach buses only. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got to the zoo, and the, it was good. I, uh, we had enough leaders that there was only three students in my group. It was my son and two other boys. And my only job was to make sure that they got back to the rendezvous point at the end of the day and they had fun along the way. So no mishaps at the zoo. Yes. They can't get eaten by anything. They can't find the- No, I said you didn't have any mishaps at the zoo. We didn't have too, too many. Not too many? So the first place, okay. Have you ever been to the Cleveland zoo?
0: Yes. Can I tell you about my experience going to Cleveland Zoo? After I'm done. Okay, go ahead.
1: So there's the main part of the zoo. And then the rainforest is like on the, it's like not in the main zoo, the the rainforest Uh exhibit. It's outside. Uh And so the kids want to start the rainforest exhibit first, whatever. We go across the road to the rainforest exhibit, but they had to carry their lunches. Their their teacher was very mean on this topic. They're like, you have to carry your own lunch and you have to carry it around the park until you eat it.
0: So the bus driver doesn't eat all the lunches. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
1: Oh Doyle, they've run into this before. (laughs) Yes. So we're carrying our lunch, and we get to the rainforest exhibit, and it's an inside exhibit. Yeah. And there's a big sign on the door that says "No food or drink inside." So what? So now we've got our lunches. We've already made a decision. We're going over here. So there happened to be a little dining area outside of the rainforest exhibit. So we go sit down at the dining area, Mm -hmm. and we're like, "What is that smell?" There is a horrendous smell. I mean, we're in Cleveland. So, I mean, it could be any. It already right? smells. It already it's smells the Browns. Nice. So, we look and there's a – so, it's an outside seating area. On the other side of it, you can hear like running water. Mm-hmm. And we look and there's a big sign that says raw sewage. Oh! <laughs> it was right by the seat where you eat outside. There's like a little cafe inside. There's the Rainforest so- Cafe awesome so so much
0: cleveland so just, we're sitting oh, can we there. talk about how awesome cleveland is just in general it was smelled so bad because that conversation would last all of two seconds yep. i'm talking about how awesome cleveland is all right ready
1: one two three how awesome it's, cleveland not, is. it's not it's not that's it it's that's done yeah it's terrible. the worst yeah so other than that my i had the two boys we all made it back safe except at one point where we're by the rhinoceros exhibit all right okay <laughs> and, the, and the one boy goes hey and I look, and there is blood everywhere. What? I'm like, what is going on? Why is there? B-? And he was like, I've got a bloody nose. And he's got blood pouring out of his nose. Oh. It's all over his shirt, all I've, over the ground. I thought you meant in the exhibit. There <laughs> no. was blood everywhere. Was all over the boy I'm trying to say. Like, watch. You know, <laughs> my, ch- I'm, my chaperone responsibility. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so we had to go in the restroom, and he had to you know, take care of his bloody nose this happens all the time so good but yeah we were done it looks like our looks like our group had a like a like a fight with a wolf because <laughs> the one kid's like got blo- like the thing up his nose got blood down the front. yeah i thought you meant like a rhino had been
0: attacked by another animal <laughs> no. or like one rhino gored another rhino the polar bear got it
1: that's exactly yeah
0: that was probably it yeah how do we know that the polar bear didn't <laughs>
1: that's why the- I- that's why the little boy had the bloody nose. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, the polar bear definitely gave him a bloody nose. Yeah, he, he didn't see it. He him smacked right him.
1: It. Yeah, smacked him with a Coke bottle. Yeah. So what about the, your uh, Cleveland Zoo?
0: Well, I just remember going when I was a, I, I haven't been there in a number of years, but I went with a friend of mine back when we were in fourth grade. Like let must a lot, be a fourth grade uh, thing. must be a fourth grade thing. So I, but I remember distinctly, so it was a friend of mine, and his dad was a ter- terrible driver. Oh, nice. Terrible driver. All right. And this is I'm not making fun of because um, his father, his his father was a very sweet man. um, And so this is nothing about him personally, but he was a shorter individual. okay, um, And like he did not see over the steering wheel very well. I'm dead serious (laughs) when I say that. That's not mocking this gentleman. I loved him. He was such a sweet, sweet guy. Speaking
1: truth of what this. Yeah,
0: just just kind of give me and he drove not exaggerating down the middle of the highway almost the entire way <laughs> going 15 miles under the speed limit oh wow it it felt like that trip took four hours to get to the cleveland zoo which should probably take about an hour and a half yeah if you're driving a normal speed yeah we were going 15 miles an hour down the middle people are honking <laughs> and going around us one after the other after the other he's not and he's just getting mad at them he's like what <laughs> and i'm i'm like you know i'm 10 or whatever i'm just like oh my
1: goodness i just want to go home is this like where your anxiety stems from this trip to the zoo uh no i think my anxiety
0: just stems from childhood in in general general. just in general it was really funny because i'll I'll tell that story in a second but yeah i remember having a really good time at the cleveland zoo back then they had these things called um it, it was like these keys that you could wear around your neck like as like a necklace at the cleveland zoo and you you Put this this key into the slots at each animal exhibit and it would tell you – but you had to buy them.
1: Uh-oh. So if you
0: wanted to hear about the animals, you had to buy the key pass and okay. then you could plug it into all the things and it would talk to you and tell you all the stuff. So I remember having a good time. Yeah. Except for the driving aspect of it. And then, you know what the really weird thing is? I don't remember driving home.
1: <laughs> you didn't drive so, home.
0: I, I, I don't know how I got home. <laughs> you
1: called your parents. I must have. I
0: wonder home. if my dad was like, I'm coming. I'm going to let him drive you anymore. Because, you know, back then we had cell phones
1: and stuff, yeah. too, you know, at 10. You know what we should do hmm. for our podcast? What? We should oh. do a live show. Live from the Cleveland zoo. zoo? What is the a zoo? Whatever zoo we want. And we could, like, interview animals. We could get their sounds, and then we could laugh at them. Because that's like, what we do. We do laugh like the, at the
0: animals. You probably haven't seen this, but on, on Saturday Night Live, Andy Samberg is playing. He's supposed to be Mark Wahlberg. And he's talking to the animals. No, I've never seen And that. it's like, now it's time for... Mark Wahlberg talks to animals. It's like, hey, how's it going there? You having a good day? That'd be us. How's your mo- say hello to your mother for me? That was like how he ended every conversation <laughs> with each one of the animals. Hey, you're a donkey. You go hee-ha! Say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, the dumbest thing. That's what I think of like That's talking. To your mind. Talking to the animals. That's automatically what came to my mind. Um, so anyway, yeah, we went to uh I went while we were, you know, on our little two week. I mean, it wasn't really a hiatus because we still had episodes. Um, But I went to Atlanta, Georgia uh, with some of the members of the worship team um, and Pastor Jeremy, who's the, he oversees the entire worship team. And we went down to Atlanta to Passion City Church where they have this thing called the Creative Conference. And it was honestly one of the best best experience I, I, I think when we talk about like just things God's doing in our lives in the second half of this I, I really I really want to incorporate a lot of the things that I got to take away from that because it was it was you know it was another one of those situations where it was just it was refreshing in a lot of ways so we had a really good time uh, it was just a really good team building kind of thing it was it was great but also like the things that God uh, did through the, the individuals that spoke. And uh, like with messages and breakouts and the worship, it was just it was it was exactly what my my heart needed. Yeah, um, just to feel a little bit restored and refreshed. Because um, sometimes you just need that little extra boost, you know. <laughs> like I'm not saying that God's not enough, but God can use things to do yeah, such sure. an extra. Uh, but Zach, on
1: our way, on your way there or back, both. <laughs> okay, something magical happened, Zach. Let's see. If I'm thinking magical. Magical. I, I, I don't even want to try to spoil this. I I know, you know you're what talking. I'm going to say, I, Zachy. I, what are you doing right now? Uh, I'm what, giving... what is that thing? I don't it's know. Like, it's like the hook em horns thing <laughs> with your fingers. Your... Oh, Well, yeah, it has to do with Texas. <laughs> Zachy, go ahead. What, what was the magical experience I had? Well, I, I don't think I can accurately portray the magic of this because i wasn't there to experience no you the, weren't the, the the i don't the, even know the the if i get to could... that stole the, the heart of your wife now that is unfair <laughs> and
0: unfounded zach you can't just go around throwing that around even though every time i mentioned his name my wife is like yeah we should go back and <laughs> and before I, it sounds like i'm putting my wife on blast for something heinous i'm talking about something very uh innocent. Mon- like innocent yeah yes. so this uh, what did you put in your mouth? I put Bucky mint in my mouth because <laughs> I'm about to talk about Bucky's. All right, so, you, so Zach, on right. our way down, yeah, and on our way back, on our itinerary, because we had an itinerary you for did. this trip. It was very impressive. The last stop was Bucky's. So it
1: said it on your itinerary
0: on the on the thing. It said we're going to Bucky's. We're probably gonna eat dinner there. What is Bucky's? Bucky's. Zach is. Is one of the greatest things ever created. All right. And this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's a rest stop slash truck stop slash fill up your tank kind of place. Slash Walmart. Slash Walmart. Okay. Bucky's is a convenience store on steroids. And then those steroids took more steroids. (laughs) All right. That's not an exaggeration. I didn't know what I was expecting. Because, I mean, okay. So just to paint a little bit of a picture, when you're on, I think it will be around 71, 71 South, or?
1: I don't know. I'm not 71 going on a South
0: trip. going down towards uh, Atlanta. Yeah. You, you start seeing these signs at like 50 miles where it's like, hey, Bucky's. What is Bucky? Well, Bucky is a beaver. <laughs> okay. And I actually have a bunch of facts about Bucky's. We'll get into that. I'm going to
1: see, I'm going to
0: test your knowledge
1: of Bucky? Of Bucky. Of Bucky the beaver, or just beaver in general? No, not beavers <laughs> in general. <laughs> That'd be a that'd
0: be, that'd a, be great a great device.
1: game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, no, that's not the game. Um, so it starts seeing signs, and they're all like clever. Yeah, I, let's get the potty started. Kind of, oh. kind of clever things. Okay, so one of the things that Bucky's is known for, yeah. is having the cleanest bathrooms of any truck stop in the United States. So this, there's like a, it's an official thing. There's like okay, a survey. It is it's not actually, it's not it's a survey.
1: Scientifically. Okay, People so, go in there and take samples. Okay.
0: No, this is actually—it's actually. So you know, you know the company Cintas? Yeah. That does like.
1: Oh sure, I know all about Cintas.
0: Okay. So Cintas rated Bucky's ah the cleanliest bathrooms in the entire United States for rest stops. Nice. And they said they're the best, and they're also the largest. So Zach was not exaggerating when he said that Bucky's is the size of a Walmart. <laughs> The current largest Bucky's is sixty-eight thousand square feet. That's pretty big. That, that's massive, Zach. That's a huge, huge store. It's just a—it's a convenience store. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just a massive convenience this, store. This has
1: made a, a divine impact on you.
0: It has. I don't know if I'll ever look at a gas station the same. Ever again. You, you got back like over a week ago. I got so much Bucky stuff. And all you've been doing is talking about Bucky's. I, <laughs> I, I can't straight. stop, Zach. <laughs> I can't stop. I got mints that are Bucky themed. I just put a couple in my mouth right in the second. I have
1: a hat. I have a coffee mug. That's yeah. why I, I drank my coffee from this morning. <laughs> the first thing I saw when you came back is you had a new hat. And it had this weird beaver logo on it. It's before. Bucky, man. <laughs> Bucky has changed everything. But you wanted to get your picture with Bucky. I got my
0: picture. So at the back up, back up, we got back up. <laughs> back, I got to paint back. the fuller picture here, Zach. All so right. on Thursday or Wednesday morning, yeah, we took off for Atlanta. Um, we finally get to the final stop, which we went to the Bucky's that was in Tennessee, yeah, just outside of Georgia. Am I boring you?
1: I'm falling asleep, yawning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll throw a mint into your mouth. All
1: right.
0: that'll work. There we go. Right. So. I forgot what I was doing because you did that. So, you timed that so well. You made a weird sound. And you're like, <laughs> so we get to this Bucky's and listen. Look up Bucky's. Yeah, this is magical. All right. Anyway, gu- Zach, guess how many? Guess how many pumps they have at a Bucky's. I know the answer. Give me the answer. A hundred some. There's hundred and twenty pumps at a Bucky's. That's a lot of pumps. Hundred and twenty pumps. For gas, It's a lot. That's how big this place is. Then you go inside and everything's Bucky themed, like that mass that, that that logo is everywhere. Now we got there at around probably seven o'clock okay. for dinner. We roll in, Zach. They have a like a smoked meats section. They smoke uh, brisket and like pulled pork, all kinds of stuff on site. There you go. And you just grab a sandwich, all that kind of stuff, and it's like it's it's wild. They have one of the largest beef jerky sections in the entire world wow i don't think you can't appreciate it because you (laughs) you you didn't get this if you would have saw this sack you would (laughs) you'd be singing its praises as i am (laughs) and once again the cleanest bathrooms (laughs) i I, I have ever seen in my entire life i'm happy for
1: you there's also a polar bear (laughs) well yes it had to be that that's what bucky is Bucky's actually a polar bear. That you can see.
0: Yes. So anyway, but we had a a great time. So on the way back, we decided we're going to stop at Bucky's two more times. So So
1: So you went to Bucky three times? We
0: stopped at Bucky's for breakfast and then again for lunch. Nice. On our way back. One in Tennessee and then one in uh, Kentucky. The one in Kentucky is bigger than the one that was in Tennessee. Wow. And the biggest one is opening next year. Oh. In Lubbock, Texas. Oh. It is 75,000 square feet. That's huge. So they added. What what'd they put in there? 6,000 more square feet. An
1: amusement park. I, I, I think there is. Yeah. I think there so, is. So There's I, apartments. I, I want to hear how this whole interaction went with your wife. So, okay. So on our way back,
0: around lunchtime, we stopped at the one in Kentucky. And it is jamming. Yeah. So the first two times that we went to Bucky's on the way down and then getting for breakfast, there was really not a lot of people. I'd say like 50. Yeah. Maybe maybe 50-ish people in there. I was like, okay. Kind of what I expected. Maybe a yeah. hundred. Zach, on our way on at lunchtime on a Saturday in Kentucky, there's clearly nothing else going on in the state. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Everybody was there. Yeah. I bet if there was a thousand people there, I would not not be surprised at all. I mean, it was crawling with people. You could barely move. It was so tight, and that store is massive. Okay. So anyway, on Saturdays. They bring out the Bucky mascot. It's the guy in the costume, in the Bucky costume. He comes on out and takes pictures with the fans. Yeah. All right? And he's popular. Okay. (laughs) We had to wait in line to get our picture taken with Bucky. Okay. So, anyway, I see. So, Sarah and I got separated um, for a minute because I got... um, Beef jerky. I did not get beef jerky. I have a tooth problem. It's a long story. Um, But, anyway, I didn't get beef jerky, but no, I think I got... (laughs) Sarah's like, how much stuff did you buy from Bucky's? I'm like, I don't even know at this point. (laughs) So I just kept finding stuff. I'm like, I gotta have this. This is like way too cool because it's just so stupid. Like in the grand scheme of things. But I saw the mascot. I'm like, oh my goodness, I gotta get my picture taken with this mascot. But then I thought to myself, I'm like, Sarah will be really upset. Yeah, you gotta do it with your wife. Exactly, right, Zach? You do it together.
1: That's yeah. That's a that in in my mind, that's a picture that's framed. It's up here in the office. Yeah, yeah. We you me, your your beautiful bride, and Bucky. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: That's how it should be, right? So, I, I, I was like, I'm gonna wait until I see Sarah. And we'll go. So, I, so soon enough. A couple minutes later, I'm talking to a couple other people on the trip, and I see Sarah come run, skipping over, as excited as can be. She's like, "Look at this!" And she has a selfie of her and Bucky, <laughs> and they're like, they're touching. Look, in the in the picture. Jeremy thought this was the funniest thing in the world. It looks like they're touching fingers.
1: It was like that, it was that magic moment it was it was like
0: this magic moment like that <laughs> um so anyway so that that so that became like the whole joke yeah like the rest of the way back is that my my <laughs> wife now loves Bucky more than she loves me <laughs> but you know and i'm I'm coming to terms with it i'm I'm working through some things yeah you know? <laughs> it's, like, it's just a big joke but we had such we had such a good time it was really really nice experience and i can't wait to kind of share some of the stuff that we got to experience um on on at the conference itself so uh unless you have something else zach i think we can just move right into the next segment yeah I think let's move hey when we come back part two we'll talk about things god is doing in in and through us see you yeah. in a minute
1: Back to our steve i got a question for you yes your, your allergies has been bothering you uh, my allergies have been horrible this year man you look a little bit drowsy over there i'm super drowsy <laughs> i'm so so drowsy over here we were just joking before we came back in you said you were drowsy you were either sneaky well, you're, you're either sneezy or drowsy i said so i got the seven dwarfs coming on over here <laughs> you call me dopey yeah so the only one you're not as happy
0: I'm never. I mean, I would never be happy, at all. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a pretty happy guy. Happy like, guy I'm, yeah. I, like I'm not. I think. I think it's kind of a joke that I'm not a happy person. But I'm. I think I'm a relatively happy person. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Um. So Zach. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about. Just like we've been talking a lot about the things we see God doing in us. In ter- are you okay
1: now? Yeah. I'm just trying. to Your tell eyes me. went butterfly mode. What just happened? Taking it all in. What? <laughs> I don't know. My eyes are dry. Like okay, so
0: I here's another thing. I mean, before we jump right into our topic, uh, my wheeze. <laughs> you know I, what? My wheeze. Your wheeze.
1: I didn't realize I had a wheeze. You have a wheeze. I have when, a wheezy laugh. Whenever you start laughing, that I think that's every everybody who listens to our podcast. That's the favorite part of the podcast is when Steve starts laughing.
0: I don't know, man. I hate my laugh. No, I like it. Everybody loves your uh, laugh. I don't like your deep eye contact and saying, "No, I like." It. That's why I was fluttering my eyes at you, Steve. You're batting your eyelashes at me. Oh, I like it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he got allergies, too?
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway. There, there goes the Steve wheeze off mic. <laughs> you all right? No. No. <laughs> oh. I'm <gonna> be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right. Something struck me as silly. All right, you back? No. Nope. So what happened? to Steve takes Benadryl? Oh, I I'm
0: feeling a little floaty. Yeah, it's like I I can't stop sneezing. I've been sneezing nonstop for for weeks. It feels like and like with my back the way that it is, it hurts. It's so painful every time I sneeze. That is true. That's um, the worst. Yeah. So it's like I I just and I can't stop. I, I've always had this thing where if I start sneezing. It almost becomes some I can't I can't stop it. it I'll sneeze like twenty, thirty times in a row, yeah. and it just gets painful, more and more painful, to the point where I'm, I'm exhausted by the time I'm done sneezing because my whole body <laughs> is just like no
1: more, <laughs> no more. so how in shape we are as humans. Because oh I'm gosh. <clears throat> I'm the same I'm the same way. I get I get sneezing fits, and you're right. If you sneeze several times in a row. You are just white. I'm exhausted. I'm like, is this like a full body workout? It is. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We should we should go into business. We'll call it the uh... sneeze. We just blow pepper into people's faces. <laughs> yeah, you sneezing. ready to work out? <laughs> and they just sneeze. <laughs>
0: and then... Yeah. And then they're sneezing, and yeah. we'll up the ante if they want like a hard workout. Well, it'll be cayenne pepper. Pretty nice. Or just black pepper. <clears throat>
1: this is or right. we'll have them, or we could just have them eat some wasabi. I think if we used all the ideas we have while we're podcasting, we we would no longer have to podcast. Uh, We're gonna be billionaires one day, Zach. What was the one with with after we
0: steal a billion dollars,
1: we're gonna be billionaires. (laughs) And and our uh, mascot can be the Gateway Flipper. (laughs) Gateway Flipper. Yeah. (laughs) You think he'd give kids rides? Yeah, he would. Gateway Flipper would give kids rides. Yeah. They could ride in on the Gateway Flipper. He's the we, only black and we gold. Would, we would blow pepper in their face. <laughs> this is what is happening. I and then feel like would leave. this feels like a
0: fever dream. Like this doesn't seem real right now. And I'm a little concerned that I'm not actually here. All right, Zachy. Yes. What to this conference? Yeah. Tell me about it. I, it was. It was honestly. It was a very. It was very good for the heart and the soul. Um, and I mean that in the most sincere way, because uh, I, I. I will say this. I'm always skeptical going into a conference. Yeah. Because I've I've had really good experiences with conferences and I've had really awful experiences with conferences. Yeah. And what I mean by awful is it feels sometimes it feels like they're just trying to sell you something. Like they present it as, oh yeah, come and we're gonna like help reinvigorate you and all this stuff. But really what they're doing is selling a product. Yeah. And not, I'm not just saying like in a in a spiritual sense, like they're trying to sell you on something.
1: They want they're, to make money.
0: <laughs> they're literally trying to sell you. Like I went to one that was recommended to me. And it was it was to buy. It was basically to get this curriculum that they put out as hundreds of dollars a year, okay, if not thousands of dollars a year for this curriculum. And I was like, really? My whole time here has been like revolving around something that I'm gonna have to buy after I spent all this money flying here. And like in a hotel and everything, um, so I've always been a little skeptical going into these things because I'm like, are they just going to try to sell me on something? Yeah. Like, are they just going to try to sell like uh, books or curriculum or whatever? Um, but you know, Pastor Jeremy had been talking this up. He's gone several times before, and I saw the good that he that he came away from it. And even Laura went last year, and like a lot of the stuff that she brought back from it. Um, just that team in general, it was it was so encouraging. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna go into this with the most open mind and heart possible. Just praying, God allow me to just take what I can uh, from this. And I, I will tell you this, I, I felt full nice. coming back. Great, uh, it was very much a uh, a a big spiritual meal of sorts. Uh, and it was it was really it was restoring, but it was also reinvigorating in the sense that. Came back with a lot of fresh and new ideas and a, an approach to ministry in general. I think that's one of the things like I've, I've been seeing God working on me um, a lot in the past year is um, redefining why I do what I do and how I do it um, and being very. I, I've been trying to be intentional about that because, like I said before, uh, last year I was feeling. Very, very burnout, spiritually burnout, mentally burnout, because I just had been doing the same thing for a long time, um, and it was no longer working. And those are the points where you have to say, "Okay, God, what do you want? What am I supposed to do here?" And the easy answer is, well, for for me, not God, but for me, it was just give up, just give up. This isn't for you anymore. Um, you you need to go. You need to go find something else to do and let somebody else do this. Um, and there was a, definitely a part of me that was like, all right. Yeah, I, I, I am. I'm, I'm what's holding this place back. Um, and I'll get out of the way. I, I wanted to, I really wanted to just get out of the way. I'm just being honest and sincere here. Um, cause I, 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 I felt was the enemy. speaking. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. That's what I was going to say. That was the enemy. And I was letting him win big time. I was like, yeah, fine. Whatever. Because, I've always said the mentality ministry doesn't end with a person ever yeah. like we've seen the church from the time of Jesus' death and resurrection, yeah you know in the very first century of of you know of of the modern the modern era, the very first century um till now, the church has never ended, right The church has only built and grown and gone into the hearts, like i mean thus proving to me that like the Holy Spirit is sure at work actively and, and taking all that and saying the church doesn't end because of a person, right? God's always going to find somebody else to pick it up. And I was at that point where, um, I was like, all right, it, it probably, it, it must be time for somebody else to, to pick up where I've like dropped off and left. Wow. You know, cause I just, I was just, like, I, I can't, I don't, I don't, I, I, you know, just questioning my calling even, you know, like, Okay. Maybe maybe I misread this,
1: yeah. <laughs> you
0: know, completely just allowing the enemy to blind me to all the things that um, God has allowed me to do and be part of and see success for his glory, not for my own. I could care less if I'm successful or or <laughs> notable or anything like that. Yeah. but the reality of it is, you know it's like, okay, God's like trying was trying to get my attention and say, all right, I need you to do something different yeah. um, and you know it's been a year of searching that, in the past few months, of actually um, realizing it and seeing it happen, as I've just trying to change my mind and my heart and my approach to what I do, and then this, this this conference, I felt like was the uh, crescendo. Nice to that, right? It was like, all right, like okay, now I have all these new tools and these uh, like this new mentality. Yeah, Is that what I really liked about Passion City. Now, I will say this is like, I've never been the biggest Louis Giglio fan as a speaker, as a person. I've always thought he was like, awesome. Yep. Like just, you could tell he's just a very sincere individual, um, very uh, kind and loving and doing what God is calling him to do. And he's built a massive ministry out of it. It just, not even saying because of the church, his church, but out of the passion movement in general, which has only grown for the past I think I think it started in '97, so 25 years, 26 mm-hmm. years that's been in existence. We've only seen it build and continue to be an influence on the next generation of young people. Because like what the Passion Movement was for a long time was uh, it was like a, a three-day conference event for people 18 to 25, and just like kind of reinvigorate them, teach them, give them tools
1: mm-hmm.
0: on just how to live out their faith. He starts a church, I think like I don't know if it was ten years ago, if they did if if it's even been that long, start this church. He's doing this work. And what I've come to love about him is that I feel like a lot of these guys that build big churches, you only ever see like the business end of what they're capable of doing and I'm not trying to like bash anybody because some people are very good on the business end of things and they're very successful from it. Like I think of guys like Craig Rochelle. I happen to have his book on, on my, my table. He, he writes a lot of, 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 self-help books in a way that are for ministry leaders. Yeah. I feel like he's, he's very good at helping people understand what it means to be a leader. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I feel like when people are so good at the business end of things, On the spiritual end of things, and I'm not saying Craig Rochelle is not a spiritual individual or like a good Christ follower. But what you see a lot of times is these guys like kind of negate that. And it's like, this is how you make it work. Yeah. What I see with Louis is the balance.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And I, I, I use that word a lot, balance. Because I think we do have to find ourselves in the center of everything, you know, and that's where Christ meets us constantly. Is at the center of all things, right? There there has to be balance because it can't just be one thing or the other. It has to be both. Um, And what I mean by that is specifically to ministry is we have to have the heartfelt stuff Mm -hmm. and then we have to have the uh, well-thought-out, well-constructed kind of stuff. And that's what I came away learning a lot from is that there can be a balance of the two specifically speaking about how they do volunteerism mm-hmm. at Passion City, which I, I, I love. And I, I, um, it's called, they call their volunteers door holders.
1: That's a good term for them.
0: It's a great term. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, that's what, one another thing that I loved about the church in general is that they're so intentional about, uh, how they, they label things, how they name things, everything. So a volunteer is not a volunteer. Mm-hmm. They're a door, door holder. Why are they a door, door holder? Well, it's because like it goes it goes out the verse. I'd rather be, um, oh my goodness, I'd rather be a like a door keeper or door holder. You know, I'm 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 destroying this thing. <laughs> I, don't, but, I don't know the
1: verse, uh,
0: but it's like I'd much rather be a door holder, a doorkeeper
1: in your house than a yeah, king or something like exactly. that. Exactly, the idea
0: that's the idea is like because a door holder is letting people in to an experience. Yeah. So it's not just about me. And that's what they do so well. Nothing is about the individual. It's all about us together. And like, their central premise is Jesus is our story. Jesus is the whole story. And that was one of the things that kind of struck me because I thought about even in my teaching and how I teach the teens and how I approach teaching the teens is I get so caught up in the minutia of, of topics and situations and explaining why this should matter to them I forget to make Jesus the center of the story, even though like Jesus is, is the story. Mm -hmm. I don't make him the center of the story enough.
1: So for instance, you're, you're going through uh, Paul's writing and you're, Mm -hmm. and you're focused more on maybe the Christian living aspect. Exactly, just
0: how it applies to your life. Yeah. Instead of going back to the heart of it, which is Jesus himself. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that's a bad way of teaching, Mm -hmm. but I, it could be better. Yeah. And that's been the other thing. Is like, is once again, recognizing this, the thing God's been trying to get, get my attention and hold my attention with is it's, um, I just floated out of my mind completely.
1: <laughs> it has to be all the time, buddy. Isn't that
0: the worst? Like you're <laughs> in the middle of a thought and then it's like,
1: this <laughs> it pops right out of your brain. It's the word. It was, do you hear that Mario noise?
0: No, that's all in your head. Um, No, my whole point was, is that even though I make Jesus a part of the story and a big part of the story, I don't make him the story, like the central figure of why we do everything that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing that like, it kind of like made me think was like, okay, I can't just be okay with it being good and letting it stay good. I have to constantly be thinking about how can I make this better and how can we be better? Mm -hmm. And I think this is a big part of that. Not saying like the, the, these, their teachings were central to that, but it was eye-opening to me that um, I don't I'm not intentional enough mm-hmm. about certain things and we can always do better. Mm-hmm. And then in a couple of years, we're gonna have to keep pushing for that because it's not enough to just plateau. You have to always be excelling and pushing for the best, not for ourselves, but for his glory. Sure. And those are like some of the things that just really stuck out. I mean, there are so many moments. That just crushed, crushed, crushed me. Absolutely crushed me. Great. Um I would say one of the things that really stood out to me, it made me think about the kind of leader that I want to be. Um, was a breakout that I went to. It was it was Christian Stanfill, who's like I mean, he's one of the probably one of the most well known
1: yeah, worship leaders.
0: Worship leaders in the in the country. I mean, Glorious Day is probably I would imagine that's like his biggest hit. Mm-hmm. And Christian Stanfill was the the worship pastor at Passion City Church since, Mm -hmm. I think, since it's opening. Yeah. All right. But then you come to find out in this breakout, and this is, I mean, they made it public through this breakout, so I don't feel like, I'm not trying to gossip, but he revealed a very personal struggle that he had gone through. Yeah. And the feeling of isolation and loneliness he felt in that. Yeah. And going through this situation, for him, it was alcohol, like yeah. he talked about it. he's like, I found myself just in this deep state of depression, and i I resorted to something that was starting to just consume me. I was consuming it, but it was consuming me, you know, um, and he said his greatest fear was that he would um bring this forward, and he would be shamed, and yeah. he would be pushed away.
1: yeah, that's the sad thing about Christians we're supposed to be loving, but a lot of times we're condemning.
0: Exactly. And I mean and I I understand his fear in that. Yeah. Cuz I mean people do usually like how could you? Yeah. I would never thought you would have done this or you know how how could somebody of your stature and all the things you've done like allow yourself to do this. But the thing is like he was very human. Yeah. And bringing it forward and that was revealing to me because I think we have to be transparent about our shortcomings cuz we're trying to like, you know, make something evolve this, right? We're trying to use our story and tell other people about how God has seen us through it. But the other thing that spoke to me in this was, it. so this breakout was actually him, it was he and Louis Giglio. Okay, together. Lu- Louis down. Sistan- yeah. It was almost like an interview mm-hmm. format. It, uh, uh, Christian does not strike me as a, once again, this is not, but he was not going to be one that would get up there and just teach a lesson. Like okay. he doesn't have that kind of personality. So yeah. he needs somebody to like kind of, Keep the conversation going, um, and so Louis asking him questions and all that kind of stuff. And then Christian would do a few songs that he wrote about his experience and all that, and like how just God was changing his heart and his life. But the thing, the, the amazing thing about and Sarah talked about this this past Sunday, the amazing thing about our seats, or well, we were in the front row but off to the wayside, mm-hmm. so we had this weird side view of the mm-hmm. stage. But from our side, all you could see was Louis looking at Christian as he played this song and the tears that filled his eyes and this love that he had for this young man who Christian thought would not understand right. or condemn him or never look at him the same way right. and the only thing that we I saw was the
1: love in Louis's fa- Louis face exactly
0: so, yeah. and that to me was probably one of the biggest teaching moments of the entire thing not even an intentional teaching moment But the things that like getting our hearts set on the right things and like it's loving people through hard times, right? Because, you know, we think that as, uh, you know, that as believers, especially that if I I fall short, people are going to judge me and they're never going to look at me the same way. And so I'm going to isolate and I'm going to allow the enemy to like make me believe that um, I'm not a good person because of this and that nobody will ever understand and that I'll never be forgiven and that's like how the enemy destroys us because he isolates us it makes yeah. like just reinforces these ideas like he, nobody's going to understand this you're alone Yeah, you are alone you have to bear this burden the rest of your life like by yourself or until you figure a way out of it and then you know but God's like no like right. people that know me and understand me are going to love you through it. And that was one of the things that Louie talked about. Like see, so he got that phone call from him and you know and Christian's terrified that he's gonna lose his job. Sure. And everything. And he's like, no, I love you and we're gonna I'm gonna help you through this. Right. It wasn't like it's okay. It was a okay, I understand. What are we gonna do to fix it? And how can I help you fix it? Yeah. Man, that's gotta be our hearts in ministry. Yeah. In general, with everyone. I mean, but especially Christians. Sure. Like, you know, I mean, we have to present that mm-hmm. to everybody. But like we as as Christians, and a lot of people get this idea that as a Christian, I have to be perfect. Yeah. And while we should be striving to be the best that we can be for the glory of God, understand we're also human. We're going to make mistakes. We don't actively make mistakes or make choices that are bad because just because we're like, oh, God will forgive me. Like that's, that's not proper. Right. But understand that, yeah, we're going to get tempted sometimes. And sometimes we're going to fall short because we're weak. Yeah, And, but ultimately God's, God will forgive us. So don't let the enemy convince you, but you have to do something about it. Yeah. And you have to have a team of people around you. that are going to carry you through. Cause he, so he, he wasn't saying like, Louis's not like his main accountability partner, but he's somebody that, you know, he really values his opinion and his input in his life. But he has like three guys that are in his life. And it's actually the guy that's now the worship pastor because part of this was, Hey, I th- we think you should probably step back from the role that you're in for you to heal. And that meant him giving up his position as the worship pastor. They have a new worship pastor. It's one of his best friends. Yeah. Um, and which was incredible, but he's another guy that's just championing him through it, like helping him through it, loving them through it. And that to me was like, this is the kind of stuff I have to remember in ministry. Uh, you know, the, how I treat others is going to really matter. I mean, that, that sounds stupid, but because it's like, yeah, how you treat people does matter. But it's well, like, especially when it comes to people falling short and well, thinking I, that they're broken. Like, yeah. man, we, it really does matter. I've said so much that I, I look at our the sound waves <laughs> and yours is just uh, it, it <laughs> looks like you're like a flatlining. <laughs> it's like you're dead. Go ahead. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> That's all right. No, as a pastor. You deal with people's bad days every day. Yep, and that's that's the hardest part about the job. Yes, is it is. That you need to be Christ. I mean, we all need to be Christ, but as a pastor, you are. That's your <laughs> that's your occupation, right?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so yep.
1: everybody comes with to you with whatever it is that they're struggling mm-hmm. with, and I'm sure after you've heard the same story thirty times from thirty different people, and they're expecting the same sort of empathy and love that you yeah. gave the first person that came through, um, that, that as well, that's where the challenge comes in yeah. because, you know, if you, I don't know, if, if you have one bad interaction, then you're a bad pastor. You're exactly. a bad person. So exactly. I'm thinking about Louie. I mean, obviously this was his right hand man forever. So there's, there's that. One of the guys. Um, but just the fact, even in, doesn't have to be a pastor it can be just you as a person who's following christ and we all have friends and i'm going through stuff they're going through stuff you're going through stuff Mm -hmm. everybody's going through stuff and we're all going through it together Mm -hmm. and to in the midst of of us going through whatever it is the storm in our life Mm -hmm. to then love on another person that's going through something as well yep that's what it's that's what it is to be a follower of Christ. Yeah, and, it is. And that's not an easy thing.
0: That's what it is to be a representation of Christ. Yeah. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. And so it, it it can be my my struggle is not as much like hearing the same thing from several different people. It's hearing the same thing from the same person yeah. over and over again. That's that's where my struggle really begins to happen. Like I see that kind of like, okay, how are you not getting this? But it's like, no, you have to have the same attitude like hey god's got you let's let's do this together but um but yeah it does become hard in in ministry but just in general as believers like we're humans and we're broken and we're not always going to the right thing to say but my goodness do we have to strive for the best yeah um and like do everything we can to show the love of jesus christ because you know just because it's the millionth and first person you know the yeah. number 1,000,001 right and you've already dealt with this a million times it's like one more time it's got to be the same yeah um and nobody's going to be perfect at it but i think that's the thing that we have to like remind ourselves every day is that i've been saved by his grace right. and his mercy this person deserves his grace yeah. and mercy and that i'm an extension of that
1: yeah i think for me what i've been dealing with what God's been working on my heart over the last week or so is the exact opposite of mm-hmm. what you're experiencing. And that seems to be, that's the way that God's working because we've been doing this the last few times. It seems like when I start talking, it's like, yes, whatever you're dealing with, I'm dealing with the, the, the opposite. The end opposite of the spectrum. End. Okay. And my, what I struggle with is letting people help me. You sure? Yeah. Oh, what'd you say? I said, yeah, sure. Oh, I thought you said, are you sure? Uh, No, yeah.
0: Well, how you responded to that, I was like, oh, he thinks I said, are you sure?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I thought you said. No. No, no. but I'm a a kind of a, just my personality is a loner. Yeah, you're self-reliant. Self-reliant. And I don't necessarily like people helping me because as a, I don't know, as a person who's in in the position that I am, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not a pastor, but I'm, pastor light you're, in, in a, you're in doing sense. ministerial work yeah but sure it, you are pouring out into people's lives sure. that, that's what you're doing so and and maybe you experience the same thing sometimes you feel a burden upon you from just that responsibility and just people's people's issues that they're coming with sure it becomes a burden because you're you're dealing with it as well so what i don't want is then my issues to be a burden on somebody else mm-hmm. y- you know what i mean so I struggle with that as well, but we all need to share in, in the burdens that we have in our life. Cause that's the way we're designed to do. Oh, well, absolutely. And so I, I get this backup in just in my soul and my being, because I don't let people help me.
0: I don't want, yeah. yeah I mean, and that's another thing that we allow the enemy to convince us is like, you don't want to be a burden on somebody else. Yeah.
1: But this last week and just, just today, I mean, I, we had, Laura and I have had, a, this is our anniversary today. 16 Happy years of anniversary! So, yeah, and so we had this big plan what we're gonna be doing this weekend, and my mom was watching the kids. Sure, and she just got deathly ill. Like she's very sick, and she like for sick. real for like six like very like like, for, like hospital the last... sick. No, oh, okay, she's been able to keep fluids down. Oh, okay, for good, A little good. while.
0: Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I thought I thought we were revealing something.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, like, no, no. Wait, what? Like, an, an illness like her, yeah. her and my aunt are both very like Aww. sick. Yeah, right now yeah I get it. It's like you know, I I don't think I. I'm weak. I don't think I can physically keep your kids. Sure. So we're having to cancel our plans. But then I was talking to your wife last night. You actually saw her in the supermarket. We ran what into happened. her. Because we had a plan. We are going out. We we're going to going down to Pittsburgh. And we didn't need to have dinner plans for the kids because yeah. they were going to my mom's. That fell through. So now I was going out to get food for the for the weekend. Yeah. And so I saw your wife there. And I was explaining the situation. Sure. And, and so this morning, talking to you, you're like, hey, we want to take your kids. Tonight. Yeah. And my first instinct was, I'm no, I don't I want to say you. that. I don't want to burn you with my kids, like honestly, not that my kids are a burden, but it's just like I don't want to put you out because yeah. you know, that's, well,
0: okay, so this is the other side of that story, if you don't mind me saying, is so Sarah called me last night, she ran into you, and um, she's like, Yeah, that their plan, their babysitting plans fell through. I think we should get yeah. the kids so they could still do their thing. And I said, Yeah, that sounds like a great idea, and I'm like, I'll call Zach and just like reinforce that with them. So I called you twice. And both times your phone rang twice and then went to voicemail. I'm like, he knows that I'm going to offer help, and he doesn't want me to offer help. Because <laughs> I, I know how you are. You're like, I don't want to burden anybody. I knew you weren't trying to like – I knew it wouldn't be like you're purposely ignoring me or anything. But you're like – but I don't <laughs> – My like, phone didn't ring. Honestly, I don't yeah, know what happened. But I, I, but I also know your mentality on things is like, no, it's all right. It's like we'll make this work. Yeah. We'll make this work. That's just the way we are, yeah.
1: Yeah. So today, you know, you offered that, and so I talked to Laura – part of a uh, part of the whole circle of being the the light of Christ is then also accepting help yeah because <laughs> if no one accepts it ever what how are you going to do what God wants you to do yeah if you're no also robbing somebody to... of, of blessing exactly yeah and and I and I have to come to grips with that and just in my own heart that sure that, sure you know you, you gain blessing by doing something, but you also have to have the person willing to accept that blessing. Exactly. In order to, so exactly. that's the original person can be blessed
0: by God. I just gained two more mulchers for this week. <laughs> yeah. You got mulching project. <laughs> that's all well. I really, that's the only reason I was taking them I'm like, putting them work. No, I'm yeah. just kidding.
1: That's not. And, and we have other friends as well that, that were willing to always do, willing the, to do the same, same. thing. Yeah, we, absolutely. We, got, we got calls and we got texts. I heard the situation. Hey, we're willing to watch your kids for you. And yep. all of these great things. Yep. It makes you feel very loved. But at the same time, I'm thinking, no, on that, I, I don't need your help. Like I appreciate, you, I, I love you I'll guys so much. I'll make it work by bad myself. Yeah, that's just the kind of thing that I have. <laughs> um, so I guess God's been working on my heart that, all right, you know, you pour out into everybody, you know, and they accept it from you. You need to do the same for other people who are trying to yeah, help you as yeah. well. And so I appreciate you you're doing. Oh, it. buddy, yeah, absolutely. And so that, I guess that's what I've been working on as well. And, and I, I'm sure there's people out there like just like me that that hate to be a burden on someone.
0: Absolutely. Right? I mean, there's plenty of times where I don't ask for help because it's the same thing. It's like, I don't want to put this on somebody else, but, but, but I've been having the same realization. Like, Hey, we have to be like, if we're going to say that we're, you know, doing what Christ has called us to do, we have to allow others to do what Christ is calling them to do. Yeah. Cause you know, we're robbing them of the opportunity the Holy Spirit's placed on their hearts to do something. So if somebody offers something up, yeah, think about it in those terms like it's probably because the holy spirit prompted their hearts to do it not right yeah like oh they're just doing this because they feel obligated to yeah. i was yeah. like no 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 no. we we, we love you and we want to help <laughs> so right yeah absolutely i mean and, and this is like this but i'm sorry I, I interrupted you no no that
1: that was basically it i just thank thanks again for yeah.
0: taking <laughs> the it's my pleasure man you didn't <laughs> need to publicly thank me um <laughs> To all five people that are listening to yeah, this, just, uh, just our wives. It's just our <laughs> wives, and but no, it was you know, but it, it's those kind of things though that it really stuck out to me. It's like I, I want to be that. You know, down the even down the road when I have some young guy that is you know, you know, just trying to figure out his life in ministry, and he's struggling, and I'm you know, and I've been in it for twenty, thirty, you know. He, Potentially even 40 years at yeah, that point. Yeah, you're already old. I'm already, you know, I'm getting, I'm 12, I'm, you know, almost 15 years into doing ministry uh, here at New Life. It's like, I have, you know, God's given me a lot of um, areas of growth and made changes in me and opportunities to grow as a believer. Like, that's wisdom that can be imparted to somebody else. I want to be that to somebody um and have that same like heart for them like that like that love that is the love of the father for us like i saw that in in like in Louis's eyes and i'm like i want to be that yeah to somebody it doesn't have to be somebody much younger than me or anything like that but like that's that's, that should be our hearts for anyone our heart breaks for the broken not um Oh, they really need to try harder and do better. It's like, well, look at you, yeah. <laughs> like Mister Perfect. You can pick pick out everybody else's problems. That's really messed up. Yeah. Like, no, I want I want to be that to somebody. But that was like one of the big, big, big key moments. And I'm like, and that was like I said, it was not a, a moment that they planned for. That was just a moment that happened. There's so many other teaching moments that I felt were fantastic, and like just how God aligns everything, ultimately. For his glory, but to to bring more people into the fold. Uh, it was really interesting. So Brooke Ligertwood? Yeah. Ligertwood?
1: Yeah. Well, that's some... Brooke
0: Frazier yeah. <laughs> from uh, Hillsong. From Hillsong, uh, who wrote songs like Desert Song and Hosanna early. Yeah. Like, you know, we learned, you know, she's not even 40 yet. So when she wrote those songs, she was like 24, 23, yeah. <laughs> something yeah. like that. Um, you know, she she did a message it was the last it was actually the last message of the the whole conference and she was talking about just you know god there are no mistakes in it like god has a plan in place for every little thing in history like and she was talking about just the line of people that it was like god used like different evangelists and speakers and you know a certain person got ill so another person had to step in all these generations that would go down To eventually like leading her her one example was all these things that led over you know over 100 or 200 years that led to eventually billy graham you know having the opportunity to hear the gospel and become a believer and then preach Mm -hmm. the the hundreds of thousands if not millions of people like god does not waste opportunities everything he does is intentional Mm -hmm. um and it's that reminder of like every single one of our lives You know, there's past generations of people that came to know Christ that allowed us to know Christ and we owe it to the next generation to continue that chain, right? It's Mm -hmm. almost like, you know, going through, um, a fast food line and you you get up to the line. It's like, oh, the person paid in front of you kind of thing. And it's like, that's so nice. But the idea is that, okay, they paid for you now you pay for them, um, and so you keep that chain going, even though I was an idiot one time. They had this like it was during the pandemic when everybody was trying to be nice to each other, and they're like, "Yeah, the person in front of you paid for you." And I'm like, "Oh, okay," and then I left. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not thinking like, "Oh, this is a chain thing," because yeah. um, I like read about it. Like there was like this thing where people were doing that at different you know places of business uh, just to like show kindness in a difficult time. But like, it's the, there's a truth to that. We can we can squander it. Or We can lean into it and understand, like, yeah, God's got a plan every single step of the way, yeah, you know, everything has intention. So, anyway, I mean, once again, this is just one other thing, we're getting long at this point, but it was so cool, it was such a great, like I said, it was it really restored a lot of uh, I've been doing car work the past few days, and the thing is, I, I, you know, one of the things that I was working on was a seized like pin on a brake which just like destroyed my rotor and brakes right and the thing that it needed like it wasn't any expensive part it was a bottle of two dollar grease right (laughs) like that little bit of grease greased up that pin and it fixed the whole thing like sometimes we need to look for those opportunities to just get that little bit of something that will keep you know the engine moving the car rolling whatever the case might be like, don't, you know, don't just give up, continue to push forward and find new ways for God to inspire you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, it was really good. It was really good, man. Good. It's really good. I think my brain's done now. <laughs>
1: your, <laughs> your Benadryl's.
0: My, uh, it, fit, it, it, it's completely taken my, it's taken my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, we have a really special episode. Yeah, we are we so excited about it. It's going to be a long episode. We have probably. a lot of fun things. No, we're we're bringing a lot of fun things to the yeah, table to next left. week. We're bringing back a uh, a well loved game. <laughs> we got uh, clips yeah. of the past year. I got to find
1: my favorite Steve clips,
0: <sighs> and I got to find my favorite Zach moments. And I mean, there's a, and probably a whole section of just wheezing. <laughs> I'm assuming my my wheeze laugh is going to make its triumphant return as it does every single week. So until then, I'm Steve. I'm Zach. And we will see you next time. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye.